Hey, Chilies, we finally got the episode to work. Yay! Thank you so much for your patience. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, our guest is really cool. Her name is Corey Stewart. I met her when I was out in Denver, and I love her, and you're going to love her. So check out the episode. You're listening to Real Chills with Meg Getz. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Chills. I'm so excited for our guest. Today, we have Corey Stewart. Corey, how are you? I'm great. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about spooky stuff. Absolutely. Me too. It was so cool meeting you when I was out in Colorado. And yeah. ever since we talked out there, I was like, I have to get you on the show. So I'm excited <laughs> we made it happen. You went to, while you were out there, Did you went to the Shining Mansion or the Shining I didn't. Oh. I was really oh, sad. No. I missed oh. out on it. Have you been there before? Yeah. Um, so I was a huge, huge fan of the Shining. And I have driven around the hotel, like the property where the hotel is, the Stanley but I've never stayed there. So that might be a goal for like this oh, year. Oh, that would be so there cool. Because it's, I've seen pictures inside and it is absolutely gorgeous. But I would love to stay there and see if there's anything creepy. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've seen it. I've seen a lot of pictures of it too. It looks so cool. Um, So yeah, you have to let me know if you do that because I'll be super jealous. You know, like hold it over your head. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to come back out. So I'll tell if I if I make it back out that way, I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> okay, yeah. It, the, um, Denver is Boulder area. Those are my two favorite places. Um, I probably go out there like two or three times a year. I'm in St. Louis, but I love, 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 love oh, Colorado. Man. When I went out there, I so felt, oh, I loved it too. I totally agree with you. It's just, uh, I had so much fun. It was like magical. That's what I always tell people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, something about it. You had some good goat experiences too, right? I did. I had, I had <laughs> the, the guide on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so we always ask our guests the same question when we start the episode. And that is, when it comes to the paranormal, where do you stand? Are you more of a true believer or are you more skeptical? I am a skeptical true believer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I kind of, um, I think that I have had supernatural experiences. I think that I have had um, contact with things that I don't that I, I don't think are, um, terrestrial, I guess. I think mm-hmm. things that I think are, um, are supernatural, but I, you know, like, I feel like supernatural or experiences are things that, that make you question your, your perception, you know, mm-hmm. like when you experience, or when I have experienced it, um, I've always been like, wow, was that real? Or was that just, you know, was that something, um, an explainable phenomenon? So I, I, I guess maybe I lean more towards believer, but I also like, um, question my experience of the, the paranormal things that I, I think that I have seen. I love that. I love the open mind, like that you're still questioning. I think a lot of people that believe like when they say they believe in the paranormal, it's they believe that there's a possibility of the paranormal, um, which, you know, I think a lot of people that don't believe in it are unwilling to grant. <laughs> like, I feel like they're like, no, it's not real. But it's like, there's a po- there's a chance. Yeah. You well, don't know I, for I, sure. I don't, I don't know how anyone could say that this reality that we are experiencing, like, this is it. <laughs> this is right. the best there is. This is yeah. all there is. This is all that we have. Like, to think that our our very, like, very earthly, very present experience is the end. Like, there's, to say that there's no, that there's no um, other plane of dimension or other plane of existence or to say that there is no 
um, extraterrestrial life. Like there's no other planet supporting life or anything like that is so preposterous to me because this is not that great. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I agree. There I think... has to be something outside of this. There has to be something more complicated than this. Um, I, I just think that we aren't the be all and end all. Yeah, I think when I realized, like, I don't know where space ends, I I was like, okay, well, <laughs> clearly my knowledge is limited, right? Like, everyone's yeah. like, no, this is finite. It's like, except the, I, I can't think about it because it, it freaks me out too much. Like, yeah. the idea that, like, it just keeps going and it doesn't, end. how is that even possible? How does that make sense? Anyway, but so. But also, you know what also freaks me out? That it's all going to collapse one day. Like, this yeah. large, expansive foreverness could fall into itself too that's really like that gives me a panic attack because <laughs> right? then it's like then what like I don't yeah. understand I and I I do try to avoid space conversations like that because I do get kind of like oh no I don't understand <laughs> I have a tiny goldfish brain and we are in, <laughs> you know I can't do it but um but yeah I think that's totally totally fair I I don't know it is crazy that to me, those people are the crazy people that are like, no, <laughs> but to each their own, maybe it makes them happy and gives them a sense of peace. Yeah, I think it. It's, my experience has also been that it's been like men, <laughs> like very yeah. men who like to like who who like to kind of um, have dominion over their own experience. And so like they are the ones who are like, no, this is we're the best and this is it. And I don't I don't I just don't think it's possible. I, I think yeah <laughs> yeah okay well that was an awesome answer um do you want to get into your spooky story or story of course I my main uh cachet of spook spookiness is the house that I grew up in um it's I still live about a mile and a half my my father lives in the house it's uh the house was built probably in the late 19th early 20th century so when my parents moved into it they had to do a complete remodel and overhaul um of this older house it had uh really skinny little little rooms and and that had been um that had been subdivided a few times and then skinny little hallways and it was it was creepy when they bought it um, but the, the scariest part of it was it had a cellar with a dirt floor. Um, and so Ooh. it, <laughs> yeah, it had, and then I remember when they bought it, um, there were no stairs into it. They had to put a ladder into it and we went downstairs and there was like one hanging bulb and then probably just this like decaying chair one wooden chair like in a corner yikes <laughs> that is so creepy that there's it no was stairs so creepy and all that yeah stuff. and it was just like a dirt floor with this one chair in it and one light source and um while they were while they were re remodeling the house we also had to like climb down the stairs to uh do our do our business <laughs> we had to pee down there and so like he in this like dirt cellar no that's yeah the worst. yeah oh it was so gross so so gross there was like you know they were redoing all of the plumbing they were doing redoing all of the electric everything the sure. house was completely gutted um but we would be there for while my parents were remodeling it i was probably seven or eight years old and we would be there for, you know, 14 hours at a time in this house. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time climbing up and down the stair, the, the ladder to get down to the um, dirt floor sure. cellar. And I think I experienced sometimes, um, it was cold down there because of the dirt floor. And I think they were remodeling it. I think they started in spring and it went through summer, but it was always like, there was always, there were no windows, but there was always like felt to me like a breeze kind of Ooh. <laughs> like, a, like, and I don't know how that would have manifested right. except 
just because of the condensation on the stone, I, I have no idea, but it was, it, there was like this, this chilling feeling down there. And once we actually moved into the house, I had a, uh, my bedroom was the closest to where the cellar, um, of course, (laughs) was. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, I would hear whispering. I would hear noises. Our house was actually like probably two or three hundred feet from a cemetery that was no uh, <laughs> yeah it was like I I spent a lot I was a morbid kid I was a macabre kid and I spent sure. a lot of time like playing in the cemetery and I had a very very active imagination but the oldest tombstone in the cemetery was from like the early 1800s so um and it, it was it huge cemetery big scary obelisks and uh statues and old trees that looked like um that were kind of like hanging over old tombstones it but i always kind of felt like <laughs> i don't know like there was some kind of osmosis between the ground in <laughs> like there were there were like creepy things kind of filtering into our house and I don't know if that's possible but that's that's the way it felt to me as a child and I don't think that that feeling really ever ended for me my parents I did not live there full-time after my parents got divorced but I when my parents got divorced I did not sleep in that room anymore like when I was not living in the house anymore I chose not to sleep in the room closest to the basement because I always felt like I could hear things, feel things coming, kind of like emanating out of there. Wow. That's so spooky. (laughs) So wait, why did your parent, they just loved the house? (laughs) Like why, why this house? Why? Um, it was cheap. Oh, that, oh yeah. I mean, they could do a lot of, they could, they got a good amount of house for a low price. And, you know, this was like a long time ago. This was like, I think they bought it like 25 years ago. Right. Um, and so, oh, maybe longer than that. I don't know. But my mother, my mom has remodeled tons of old houses. She's oh, really okay. good at it. She does a great job of it. She's like the main character of a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remodeling all these spooky houses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was the spookiest, though. She never, she never bought another house right, right next to a cemetery. So, did you know the spooky. history of the house at all, like the former owners or anything like that? Mm, you know, that's a really good question. Um, I have not investigated it. They also built a house. There was one house on the corner between our house and the cemetery, and that house was uh through the. I don't know, um, probably through the mid 19th century through the, I don't know, thirties or forties. It was a general store. Um, and the same person who built our house built that house. So, um, I don't know if, like, I don't think, I think that someone died in our house, but not of like nothing suspicious I think like old age yeah but I also don't feel like whatever I experienced was from that person interesting I feel like it was most definitely like I don't know I I just felt like there was like there was an active presence in the basement that was not from I don't even I I don't even know that it was unfriendly but sometimes there would be like sharp sounds too and that's hard to describe but like angry sounds. So I guess the more I talk about it the more I believe that this happened. <laughs> you know, like the more less Yeah. Skeptical, the, it sounds pretty I, believable, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned there being like an energy that you felt like kind of coming off of the cemetery. Was it, did it have 
like an emotion like was it a negative energy positive or was it just you could just sense like I feel like there were I spent so much time there when I was a kid like I I had a a next door neighbor friend who was real morbid too and so that's where we we spent most of our time hanging out and um, (laughs) just kind of crawling around there and looking at stuff cemeteries are just an amazing resource for history and understanding like a community they really are I've never thought of that that's such a good point because you can kind of like see you know like whole families are buried together and you know you can if there are a bunch of this is morbid as well but if there are a bunch of child deaths at in a particular time period that gives you a sense of something that happened um there you know uh if there are you know you can see like how many people from the community participated in in a war you can see right, like yeah um you get a sense for family history like the epitaphs on graves are incredibly revealing you know like they're very personal or at least they were i was going to say i feel like cuz i i i didn't hang out in graveyards as much as i wish i did in my teen years um i was kind of boring but i did <laughs> grow up in a really like historic area and i did I just see I feel like tombstones back in the day they told you everything yeah you know like how they yeah. die what they were doing at the time you know who they yeah. were to the people around them like it is it did like a great job memorializing them for centuries at this point and it is really interesting I'm gonna put my yeah. whole life story on my tombstone <laughs> oh yeah I'm gonna be like <laughs> this gal really liked ice cream yeah (laughs) had some good times traveling i've seen some tombstones where like women will put um like their favorite recipes on the tombstone yeah isn't that so fun and then other people come (laughs) along and they make like your apple pie or whatever i just think that's so cool to like to share information you know like yeah to have something of yours yeah i would be a rest like the number for like uh an Indian takeout restaurant. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sushi. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, it's just really interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's hard not to live next to a cemetery and think that there's got to be at least one ghost hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked about like the feeling and I feel like it was different in different places. Like there's, there were some places that to me felt very sad. And wow. then there were, there were some places um, in the cemetery that felt really like um, joyful, wow. <laughs> joyful, like um, content, peaceful. peaceful. Yeah. Um, was and, this an active cemetery or? Yes. Okay. So up front. Uh, up front of course there were all the older uh, burials and then towards the back and it is still it's still active and so like the main kind of like the main um, whatever six blocks that were there when I was a kid like the back probably um, if you were to you'd square it like two blocks, two blocks, two blocks. So the back two blocks were still being filled when I was a kid and it is expanded out to the side now. So it probably goes four blocks out to the side and that is being filled up now. Wow. That's yeah. gonna be, was it like, did, did it like inhibit you some days? Like when they were having funerals and things like that? I think that I remember kind of hanging around when there were funerals um there was also behind it there was like an area where this is morbid also but they would like clear off the 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 graves and like they'd put the any family members who had not collected the flowers from the graves they would toss them into the woods in this pit Mm. and there was there was like all kinds of trash back there but I remember like playing down in the pit area where it was like wooded and it was kind of like a 
there was a creek and it was just kind of a fun area to like go and climb around in and play. And I remember one time like coming up, like ascending from the pit just to be like, there was, there was like a family of probably like 25 people and we've climbed up and we have like arms full of these like (laughs) muddy flowers. And I can't imagine how it looked like. That feels so a little disrespectful now in retrospect, <laughs> but it's weird. I think there's a lot of like reverence for graves, but I also think that dead people probably don't care because they've right. learned what the meaning, right. like what happens in death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like if I was dead and my flowers were thrown into a pit and someone <laughs> wanted to resurrect them, a child, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, take them. Yeah. You do something I mean? with it you yeah. know <laughs> have fun man you're alive like <laughs> i don't know it's it is interesting death has still just this i don't know just because we don't know it 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 mm-hmm. i mean it is scary don't get me wrong <laughs> like i am i'm not like unafraid of it but at the same time i don't know it would be nice for it to not be such uh like a sad thing yeah Hello, my name is John Koppel, and I'm back with a second season of Peaks, the podcast where we take a closer look at the most exciting peak years in the lives of the people that dominated pop culture. The guests this season are great, and the subjects controversial, hilarious, bizarre, and iconic. Get ready to learn a little bit more about Iron Mike Tyson, John Candy, Mike Myers, Leonardo DiCaprio, and more. Dive into some of the best Thanksgiving and Christmas movies ever made. Every episode will be packed with entertaining clips, interesting facts, and passionate opinions. Remember that time that Mike Tyson wanted to fight a gorilla? Remember in Wolf of Wall Street when Leo taught us the phases you go through on playludes? Remember those years when John Candy became everybody's uncle? So if you want to hear more about the most groundbreaking, influential people when they were having their biggest impacts on the world, subscribe to Peaks wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, and I think that um, I've read up on like American death culture, and I don't know if you've watched uh, Midnight Gospel, but there's that really great episode about death culture and ours is so we are so removed from it that it makes it really really sad right Um, and like it's such a mystery to us and you know we kind of like we aren't connected to the way that we (laughs) this the way that we put people into hospitals to die by themselves yeah die like isolated from us it makes it such a scary um of course it's personal we all you know we it's a journey that we will all go on by ourselves but like it's it seems like that makes it worse you know like it's something that's unknown and then we're disconnected from our families like we don't get to be at home and like experience that at home um yeah that's a yeah that is like you're in an unknown environment going through something you only ever experience once and yeah yeah that is I mean it's challenging because no one ever knows for sure because I think if you knew for sure I think it would be a lot easier for for someone to keep their loved one at home yeah I agree it just goes back and forth it's such yeah. it's a bummer. <laughs> and something oh. that something that I thought was interesting from um that episode of Midnight Gospel is that it talked about how like we perceive bodies as being more um more contagious or more diseased like after the person dies, but really like they're as contagious as they are going to be when they're alive and then, you know, like they aren't breathing anymore, so it's not like they're going to breathe out and even so, like if right. they had cancer or whatever, it's not like they're like they don't become more um more unsafe because mm-hmm. they are dead. Mm-hmm. Although like so like we 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 get really scared of of like the person after they're gone and that's 
probably incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I do think there's like a mental aspect to that too, though. I yeah. think, you know, the fear of, I think that's like our animal brains, that part being like, oh, like, you know, sick, stay. Cause like, I feel like animals do that. Like if they smell something wrong or, you know, they try to stay away from it. But like, yeah, I also think on like an emotional level, it's, it's, you're, you have to face, like, you have to accept. I don't know. You have to accept their mortality and your like every time someone yeah. dies, you also have to think about your more. It's so yeah, unfair. You know? This is <laughs> coming for you too. Like this is uh, yeah. uh, an inevitability. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's. I mean, it's so. I. I don't know if that's selfish or just like human nature. But like you're like, oh man, I don't know. Getting old is the only option, but it seems hard. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. this isn't like a, <laughs> this isn't normally what our podcast is is like. Um, Confronting our so. existential dread. Yeah. Is what this is normally about. Oh, well. but sometimes we go there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so changing, I guess the the vibe a little bit. You said that you heard um, whispering. Um, was this multiple like on multiple occasions? And do you like remember? Yes what they said or was it just like mumbling I just remember like muffled sounds coming from there particularly at night um Hmm. and like I distinctly remember my my room was kind of l-shaped and so it went even behind like where my my bed was was kind of like adjacent to where the stairs probably would have been had there been stairs or where the the door would be and so I just I really remember like muffled sounds voices sometimes even like loud but never distinguishable in what they were saying whoa but like it didn't always feel angry that makes sense how old were you Anywhere from eight to probably 12, 13 years old. Okay. And you said you were like near a body of water as well. You live by like a river or something? No, there was a creek. A creek, okay. Kind of behind the cemetery, but no, no water. The, the, it was a dirt floor cellar that was damp, but there was no, like, there's not really a lake or river close. Okay. Not to like, there's no way there was like bodies under your cellar, is there? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that's completely possible. Okay. Uh, St. Louis was before, uh, before it was like settled. It was known as the Mound City. Okay. And so there was a tribe of like the Cahokian people were mainly located in like their main um, city was in where Collinsville, Illinois is now, which is about 25 miles from me. But all through St. Louis, all through this part of Illinois, there were mounds um, that the Cahokian people built. And most of those were just kind of leveled when this became farmland. And then it became, you know, a, a town. And then it became and now it's all kind of joining up with St. Louis and becoming this one kind of juggernaut uh, subdivision, kind of like one uh, suburb of St. Louis over here. So yeah, it's completely possible that um, at the time that like before the house was built, before, before it was farmland, that there was one of the mounds there that, you know, that there were um, indigenous people here but i don't think the records were excellent of that um there are there is some like there is some um documentation of people finding those mounds but it's not uh you know like people didn't really know what they were oh really so when like the first settlers um when they arrived they they weren't aware of what the mounds right when they were Okay. Yeah, because Cahokia Mounds, like, at its, like, at the, the height of civilization there, it 
it was as big as London in like, that was in like probably 1100 um, AD. But like the Cahokian people declined because probably because of like flooding and the same reasons that a lot of cities or small towns around uh, the Mississippi River didn't make it because of like illness and flooding and all of that stuff. So um, it's completely possible that there was that there were Cahokian people here, too, because it's not that far from from the main community. That's so interesting. It like brings up something that I've never considered. <laughs> we were just talking about like like cemeteries, but like how I just I don't know if this is a thing that actually happened, but I wonder like how much of farmland from that time period was on burial ground so yeah like, like native is, lands yeah it's just it's like it i don't know it takes it to another level for me like to in like that soil and then you're eating that food i don't know that's like <laughs> i think i mean it's you have to consider that something or someone has died everywhere everywhere yeah everywhere <laughs> that's like, true there's like yeah <laughs> there has been something before you everywhere that you go right right yeah that's why i think everywhere is haunted people like <laughs> scoff at me they're like why is every place you go to haunted and i'm like because everywhere is very old like i i hang out in like old cities and yeah you know <laughs> Ugh, creepy <laughs> but i mean like i don't think like even creepy but also not angry or scary all the time just kind of like just kind of it's something that we are coexisting with you know yeah i think being open to it is is um and curious about it is is better than like not um even being i i think that if you are if you are unable to even consider the possibility of that creepiness or whatever yeah. that we coexist <laughs> with, and I think that it's kind of like you said, like you're you're limiting yourself and and um, limiting your uh, your experience of whatever realities are are possible. Weirdly, I feel like um, I feel like it's like this topic is sort of the same reason why I like ghost stories in the first place and it's like it's just like that connection to mm-hmm. the people that came like before us you know yeah. it's it's yeah. cool to learn about them to honor them yeah to remember who they were you know what I mean like yeah in my I grew right. up in a haunted Absolutely. house and um we know who what built did the... you... sorry what was it like in your haunted house you you tell it, me after it... <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I will be quick because the listeners, every time I bring it, like they probably, they've heard the story these stories a millions of times, but um, it's kind of the, it wasn't scary. That's like the main thing that I always talk about. Like if I'm on other podcasts too, is that like, it was, um, uh, we just kind of coexisted. Like we had these like yeah. spooky experiences where like, I like, I've definitely seen like a misty, hard to explain thing next to me I like I have stories where my mom like I said as a baby like a man like touched my face or something um a lot of different stuff but um we felt connected to it's it's very interesting my mom doesn't change the house and um when we were little we would like actually visit his tombstone that's like my experience with like and like how you described it was the first cemetery that I went to that just felt so peaceful it was like in a mountainside very beautiful and like I don't know it's it's something feels right about being connected to the people that came before us and like yeah thinking about them and remembering them I I don't know what that feeling is but I like it I I volunteer at the Mütter Museum and Mm um right now it's uh, I probably shouldn't talk too much about it but like it gets under a lot of hot water because it it is like a medical um museum and in the past has been um advertised as like an oddities but it's it's definitely oh. working to um get away from that reputation and oh. also honor the people that are there um but it's so cool getting 
to learn about these people and their lives yeah. as, as tragic or sad as they may be and, and the yeah. influence they had on yeah modern medicine and you know they made like the ultimate sacrifice to yeah. to pretty much eradicate most of the conditions that you you will you would see now um so that's a, another whole nother topic but that's yeah it's i don't know how we got here but <laughs> um i don't know it's just the connection is cool and remembering people it feels like they're still here even though you never knew them i don't know yeah i i like that i like the idea the of the permanence i think that people our spirits are permanent there is permanence to us or i like to think that there is and so i think kind of a visual or like um um, tangible remembrance of us is a way to perpetuate the kind of like the essence of us too the one question I have though for <laughs> again I'm like I'm really just flip-flopping the subject here but um <laughs> sometimes the way you describe the energy in your house it makes me think like maybe it wasn't human at all do you think oh. there's any like potential of like either like land spirits or um something something else because like you said like growling noises um voices that you couldn't really discern maybe it was like a different language or um, you know I it... never really thought about that but that's possible too that it was just because it it would be hard for me to I always thought of it as and maybe it was because I was a kid and we were so close to the, the cemetery. I always thought of it as some kind of like um, spirits, like kind of migrating through our, through the land, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if like, it was so cold down there. I can't imagine. I just remember that's the thing that I remember most about the, um, about the cellar was how incredibly cold it was all of the time and like the chill that kind of like set over me and so I I think that it is possible that it wasn't um it wasn't human in nature whatever I felt down there yeah that's just like the cold and like a br the thing that you mentioned about the breeze is is so interesting do you have any siblings? I have a stepbrother and a stepsister. Uh, mm -hmm. And, but I don't know that they, my stepbrother did not live there long. And I, it would be interesting to ask my stepsister what she experienced because she, once my father remarried, she kind of, she kind of lived and grew up there. So. Oh, wow. Uh, that yes. would be something. Yeah. That was what I was wondering if they have any similar experience or is yours are you like uh different ages? She's not um it was a it was is a this lot personal? We don't have to Oh talk no, no. Of course. Um, okay. Of course not. No, it it's not we aren't significantly different ages now. It was a lot when we were, you know, sixteen and I think she's like seven years younger than me six or seven years younger than me but it's not a lot now she's you know but i bet if i was if i felt um scared there i bet as a kid she did too so i should probably ask her about that yeah definitely and your parents don't no longer well your does your dad still live at that house now he does he does, he does. dang and he's never mentioned anything to, to you no no, not really. I don't know that he would, though. He's, um, and my stepmother hasn't really either. I don't know that either of them would because they are, they are true skeptics. They are. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my mom. Well, my mom says she's a skeptic, but then she keeps everything exactly the way she thinks the ghost would like it. So <laughs> I don't know if I believe her. <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to debate if I should do the story. It's a little long. Or I could just call it an episode. Is there any Is other it... stories or spooky things that I missed? I I I don't think so. That's that's uh that was my childhood experience. I think throughout my life we've 
I've had those moments where something inexplicable has happened, but, um, and I always kind of chalk it up to paranormal, but, um, nothing I don't have other than that. I don't have any like big watershed ghosty moments. Do you have any like small examples? I'm just dying to know what you're just like, eh, you know what I mean? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've had, I lived in a, in a house in, um, Lebanon and, uh, doors would close. Oh, that's a pretty big one to me. Yeah. That would freak me. I mean, it, it's one thing. So it it would have to happen consistently. Right. So that's my thing with being haunted where it's like, is this my brain or am I being haunted? Right. Like, did I shut that door? Yeah. Or did it shut? And like, I oh- always attributed it to like airflow in the house, but, <gasps> but, um, like, the attic maybe the attic door was open but I don't know that to be fact and maybe that's something I just tell myself you know yeah <laughs> yeah that would be because like if it happens a lot then you can do like tests right like you can oh, be yeah. like oh it's not a windy there was one um my dad my mom and dad are together but he um had to find a new job and the closest one he could get was in upstate New York which is pretty far so he had to stay up there during the week and um when he was finding housing the hospital let him stay and he's in the like the upstate new york area like near syracuse and um mm-hmm. that's ghosty st- up there right dude like- yeah he had to stay <laughs> in a house well he didn't have to the hospital was really nice it was like hey while you're looking for housing you can live in one of our like on campus basically housing that they had uh, it was the scariest place. <laughs> it was, and my dad was like in such a bad mood. Like he was always, he hated his life. He hated it. It was cold. It was dark. And I was yep. like, there's something in this. It's, I'm like, you're miserable because of this house. And the only reason I'm thinking about this and like bringing it up is because um, one of those like scientific tests was like, <laughs> he's going to be bad at me for nothing, but he would sleep downstairs. He brought the, his bed all the way downstairs to the living room. And then since I was visiting, the the other beds were upstairs, so I just stayed upstairs by myself in this mm-hmm. creepy house. Mm-hmm. And inside, it sounded windy. Windy. Inside, it sounded like you know things were rattling, Ooh. like very windy. But when you looked out the window, it wasn't windy. Oh, oh, that's so creepy, isn't it? I, I was like. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you have to get out of this apartment. It was scary during the day. Like I was like, uh, this is like next. What did level. you do at night? How did you sleep? I didn't. I I literally because this was like I was. Um, I think it was like during college. I might have had like a break or something. I don't know. I I just decided to visit him for like a week because I knew he was struggling, and I would mm-hmm. literally, uh, watch DVDs all night and then sleep oh during gosh. the day while he was at work and then hang out with him when he got home we'd go see movies or something but like it was oh so God. it was so scary you felt it and they had a creepy basement too and I was like it sounded like people were moving around. all hours of the day it sounded like people were down there Ugh. yeah Ooh. I would love and it's Do you find out anything like has anyone ever any like anybody research? ever yeah, anyone ever off themselves there? <laughs> like, it seems like that's, like, like, that's the kind of place that, like, gets you to... <laughs> it's the same thing, though, as, like, your, like, your cemetery energy. I'm, like, either... And, you know, everything in upstate New York is old as heck, too. So I'm, like, either something bad happened here, like, way back when. Or it's just the energy from being near a hospital, you yeah. know like all those bad feelings all those scared feelings like yeah it had it just had an energy even I was like I I can't be in here like it is it was insane to me how and he he eventually did move out and he's like you're right it's like a world of difference like I was like oh. I know you were sad but like I also know something's not right in this house you gotta get out of yeah here. so yeah that was Ew. And I, that was one of those times where I knew it was the house. Cause like, I'd look outside and nothing's moving and I'm like, why is it, why does it sound crazy in here? Like, why is everything moving? Like, and I grew up in a haunted old house. I know, like, I know the creeks, you know, I know when <laughs> yeah. something is like resting or settling and when it's just moving around for an hour. So yeah, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast or maybe it was like 
a while ago because I just kind of forgot about it but mm-hmm. yeah that one I would love to know the history yeah it's an old hospital yeah you're poor I'm glad you got out of there <laughs> <laughs> me too he was such a scaredy cat too he's like there's like both my parents are so funny my dad will admit to being a true believer but he's like I just moved my bed downstairs it's fine I'm like that's not <laughs> normal something is wrong you should do you th- leave do you think like do you think that because your dad is maybe more sensitive to paranormal stuff do you think do you think there's like a gene that you get that makes you kind of like attuned to it do you think that or do you think it's more nature and nurture really I have no idea that's such a good question I think I think that um I think that energy you can you can put off a vibe that says no thank you and I think the more you do it like working out in the gym the the more shut off you are to one it happening and two like your intuition you know like you're not looking for it so you're not going to see it but I do think it can also run families I do think there's like I don't have like me I I don't I don't think my dad or I have any type of gift but we do have an open mind so we both experience things because of that and our willingness to to go or or to wait it out before saying like no thank you you know what I mean like I think that welcomes more to you but um I do think there's families that I don't know if it's the way their brain functions or you know you know how like some people are like just have like natural proclivity for proclivities for things like playing the piano Mm -hmm. or cooking yeah like I think maybe some people have that for um you know sensing or perceiving other realities or um ghosts or different energies and I'm jealous of those people I want to (laughs) see what they see they're always like oh yeah I see a person I'm like what is that like what do you mean you know I'm just jealous anyway what do you think (laughs) (laughs) um I think I think that it is probably I think that there is a lot of like a lot of nurture to it like being raised to be open-minded about things but I also think that we could possibly it could be nature like there could be um a, a trait in people to be more um attuned or sensitive to um dimensional shifts or right. other worldly presence um i think that's possible i think that's very possible i, I think wonder, i also wonder like if like life experience i don't know yeah affects i think so because there's like all those tv shows where it's like i was in a car accident and now i see ghosts and it's like or you know like near-death experiences I don't know yeah yeah I think that that um the near-death experience I think like kind of coming um into like brushing past whatever plane that is you know kind of moving through it I think that that it's very possible that that would um make you more attuned to supernatural or um um other dimensional kind of presence so cool Ugh, it I'm is so jealous of those people because <laughs> I do I do feel lucky because I I I mean who would say this a crazy person but like I grew up in a haunted house and like I do have experiences but I it's weird like even now like I go home and nothing happens sometimes you know what I mean it's the way yeah. my house is like it's not it's not a constant reminder thing it'll be like once we stop thinking about it that's when they're like we're still here yeah (laughs) yeah and I feel like that way about my house too it wasn't like every night and it wasn't all the time but it was often enough that it's kind of a foundational memory for me yeah that's so cool yeah not to (laughs) I mean I guess it's all about perspective some other people might not think that's cool but um do you like um do any protections or do you close yourself off sometimes like if it's scary um I I think that I have so I've done lots of woo-woo stuff in my life and I think that I have invited 
um, I've never done any kind of like protectional spell work or anything like that, but I, I meditate a lot and I have done, um, <laughs> this is uncomfortable to say out loud, but I've done like, um, manifesting kind of spell work for good things i've never no, done i do it too don't feel <laughs> i'm all in on manifesting so yeah i've done like um candles you know lit candles and i i even have like i have this churchy altar thing that um that i've used for but never i've never felt like i've needed to protect myself from anything uh <laughs> that I didn't do to myself, you know, like I've never sure. felt like the need to um, close myself off to a presence or uh, I think that um, I, and it's not that I'm against that. I think if like I felt really scared or if I felt really shaken, I just, I've not felt that way. So that's awesome. Um, I've always felt safe and, and, you know, good enough that I didn't need to do that. That's great. And I, I mean, I don't really have, I go back and forth because I don't have that fear, but if like the energy in the room starts getting a little too real for me, I will, I feel like close myself off. Like I've caught myself doing that. So, um, but I've never felt unsafe. I've just been like uncomfortable where I'm like, uh, never mind. (laughs) Not tonight, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Just kind of that vibe. Um, cool. Uh, well, thanks for being on the show. This was Oh, awesome. Megan, thanks so much for having me. Heck I yeah. had such a great time. This was a really good conversation. I really yeah, this, <laughs> this got way more deep than, I, than <laughs> normal episodes, but it was really fun. Um, yeah. Where can my listeners find you? Um, I post all of my shows on my Instagram account. Uh, Corey underscore does underscore stuff. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. I have a monthly show if you're ever in St. Louis on the first Wednesday of the month called Double Dare Comedy. Um, yeah, I do a variety show every other month at the Heavy Anchor in St. Louis, and I have a bi-weekly open mic at Spine Bookstore. Those are the places that I am every month, but I love to travel and I'd love to come to comedy anywhere in the U.S., so. Dang, you're busy. Come to Philly if you're ever yes. on the East Coast. I can definitely yeah, I hook to. you up with some spots. So right on. Um, just let me know. Cool. Well, I'm on my way. Know. Well, thank you, Magnet. <laughs> I have a great night. Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.